everybody, and welcome back to the Offshore Insights Podcast, where we share captivating individuals and stories connected by water. I'm your host, Evan Luth. We're stoked you could join us today, and I hope you enjoy your listening experience. was bestowed with the fantastic visions of coastal California living and the seeds of a soul surfer. With the foundation laid, it took only one chance wave from a kind stranger to become hooked for life. Having joined the global community of hopeless ocean addicts, he grew into a life infused with the salty spirit and endless pursuit of pleasure and play at sea. His reality, blissfully oriented by the water and dreams inspired by the fluid motions of his daily rituals, he had no notion of the dormant disease that lay just beneath the surface of his stoke-filled world. At the crossroads of young adulthood, enthralled by the prospect of the new independent college life ahead of him, Jared was unprepared for the radical turn the universe had in store. With no recollection of the incident, he awoke in the hospital one early morning having suffered his first epileptic episode. Surrounded by concerned doctors and scared loved ones, he became consumed by a cloud of emotions and confusion in an attempt to comprehend and reconcile the new electrical demon that had taken up residency deep in his brain. The new reality set Jared on an entirely unplanned path in life, causing him and his family a number of challenges, yet in time also providing him with some unexpected opportunities. In this case, an epileptic opportunity. Jared has traveled a long and arduous road with this disease, as most do, and yet somehow has found a way to become a true warrior of the spirit, maintaining a resilience and an unwavering spirit that would go on to inspire those around him and strangers alike. Determined to follow his heart and passions, and despite being contraindicated by his doctor, an integral part of his personal approach to rehabilitation, unsurprisingly, consisted of continued exposure and immersion in the ocean, oftentimes in waves of serious consequence. Now a Patagonia employee, established big wave surfer, notorious frother, and stoke farmer, he constructively channels his experiences and insights to raise awareness around this strikingly common disease and provide support for those affected. About a month ago, I met Jared at Sea Street in Ventura and had the pleasure and honor of sharing with him his first session back in the water since the brain surgery. That session alone was inspiring and eye-opening, and one for which I am grateful to have shared with him. Later that afternoon, he clocked out of work and we sat down in his garage to geek out on surfboards in his quiver and discuss the fascinating world of an epileptic warrior. Jared is a remarkably kind, earnest person and an amazing advocate for the greater awareness around epilepsy. I thoroughly enjoyed discussing the journey and our thoughts on the brighter future, and I'm sure you will too. So without further ado, I give you episode number nine with Jared Muscat. Jared, welcome to the Offshore Insights. Thank you uh, for joining us. 
really appreciate you taking the time and just uh, kind of making some time out of your day. <laughs> it's uh, it's a pleasure and never a better day to chat after four hours of surfing. Yeah, man. <laughs> super special day. It's rad that um, I'm super stoked that it worked out the way it did because once I heard from you that you were only 12 days out from re-entering the water, I was like, oh, there's really no reason to rush this one. I'm just going to wait till I get you on the day of. <laughs> so it was cool. It was fun this morning. Dude, I... Yeah. I... I it was a day. I yeah. had a little tuck in on my first wave. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Kind of got to see that vision. <laughs> yeah. And my last wave was a nice big closeout tuck in. And Closing it out solid. <laughs> well, yeah, it was like defined. Like here's here's the nostalgic day you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, how did it feel being back out there? It was I just feel like a bet I feel back, but I also feel better than back. Right. I like uh, I was telling a lot of people today, like, my favorite moment, even, like, I got the barrel on the first wave, but my favorite moment was the duck dive I did well before that first wave. And just, like, feeling water rush around my head again. And I've had injuries that took way longer to get back from, but this felt well, much better get back. And, like, more, like, the water rushing around my head with the significance that your head carries. Yeah. In your particular case. In my particular case as well. (laughs) It was just a moment of, like, there's there's no bookend to epilepsy, but it was a certain amount of a bookend to to my latest and longest journey with it. Yeah, definitely an epic closure to a chapter. Yeah. And beginning of a new. Beginning of it, yeah. And and beginning on it with a, um, a much better flow. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And you got... Your little spirit animal is out there too. The dolphins came. <laughs> the dolphins hello. came. The dolphins said hello. Yep, little, that was blessing. Yeah, everything was. That's pretty bookend. Yeah, <laughs> I brought a, I brought a little flurry to the heart. For right sure. There. Yeah, it's interesting that you point that out um, about it really being significant to the first duck dive because um, after you said that, and I think that it's something that you experience every time, anyways, on the paddle out, like that first submersion and like the intensity of a duck dive, you know, around your head, the sounds, the you know the pressures and the cold and like there's a lot going on and it's definitely a shock to the system you know especially if it's cold or first thing in the morning and uh it made me think about the next duck dive after you said that and it was like oh yeah this is, feels really good yeah <laughs> you don't really think about that yeah I, just the water it yeah felt, it just felt right yeah. and being a guy that duck dived my entire grommet <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> Train you well for duck dives. Yeah, you remember your twelve year old self now. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. You know, you couldn't really have timed it any better. The ocean the ocean must have heard you calling or heard you coming and uh definitely produced oh, just in time for the swell. date. Yeah. Yeah. First time she a little came. energy relief. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Anxiety. How long had it been? It had been Technically, I'm going to go on three months, three days. Damn. My last surf was March 9th. Wow. I had the surgery on March 12th. Wow. The doctors said three months, so I waited. Yeah, as long as you possibly could. <laughs> I feel like that in and of itself is a feat. I feel um, very fortunate to have never been in that position, certainly, but also, like, I would go crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, I was getting there. I actually was even... I was, I was alone over the weekend, and I was talking to myself as like, well, your last surf was actually the ninth. Maybe you can just call, call it out for the anniversary <laughs> and get out there. Yeah. 
I'm like, no, Doctor said twelve. Doctor said twelve. Right. Doctor said Stick twelve. Your, yeah, so I, you had posted on your story yesterday or something. Like, you're like, why am I waiting twenty four hours? <laughs> <laughs> Tearing your hair out. <laughs> I, I would definitely be in the same case. Like, really, am I? All right, being a good boy. Yeah, know? and it was you know it's different than when you like busted your knee or your ankle or something, and it's like you're physically waiting and you, you can keep testing it. You're like, yeah, right. yeah, the ankle, no, yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel right yet. Or it's like they told me just because of the scar, that was the main reason to wait really? for fall three. Just for bacterial risks. Yeah, yeah. bacterial risks. Make yeah. sure that thing is closed. Right. Right. So it was this thing where about so everything not just duct taping and super gluing your whole, yeah. whole side of your head. Yeah, yeah. Or just put a plastic bag like over your face. Yeah. No. <laughs> Tuck it into the wetsuit. Little tiny breathing holes. Yeah. Tiny breathing yeah. holes. Totally. But, That's hilarious. Yeah, like a month ago, I was feeling back to my physically normal, active self. I was climbing in the gym every day. I would do my yoga all the time. And, and your energy surf. levels are normal. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't surf. Right. Oh. So it was that was the difference in it. Yeah. And like, you know, yeah. I'm a, but getting well, back felt seems all the like much it was better. worth it. Yeah. And and uh, I definitely commend you for maintaining that discipline because like I said, I don't know that I could say the same for myself that I would be able to do that. <laughs> but but it's the wiser. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. uh and again, thank you for letting me show that session. That was super cool. I was yeah, stuck that was, to, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. A beautiful little vibe out there. Hell yeah. I was hoping maybe you could just tell us a little bit about your life growing up. And I'm kind of curious. I'm sure you obviously have had plenty of time, you know, in retrospect to think back and, and kind of what your life was like growing up compared to what it was like after you were diagnosed with epilepsy and, yeah, just the differences that you saw in the shifts. Yeah. So I got diagnosed when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I remember basically junior high through to high, high school is I I was an active guy I mean I never didn't lose activity but surfing and skateboarding were my main focuses on the fun side of life with uh, baseball being mm-hmm. a deep passion I'm a, I'm a pretty solid baseball nerd Hell if yeah. you ever want to watch the game catcher sick I, I wanted to coach. <laughs> right? So that, but that's a good like moment in kind of who I was, where oh, yeah. I was the guy that liked to be out in front and be on top of things and, yep. and easily communicate, communicative and such, and uh, president of the student council, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I went after it. And ambitious. Then, yeah, I was ambitious. And, yeah. and, and I liked it. I liked talking to new people, meeting new people, I felt very out there. Yeah. Um, and I had my awkwardness, you know, I didn't get my <laughs> facial hair until a little bit later in the teens, but um, it was all good. And I was ready, when I was getting ready, when I was getting ready to go to high school, which was, or college, I mean, which was right actually when I got diagnosed, the uh-huh. summer before college. Yeah. So in my mind, I was about ready to go to oh, college wow. and I was a, my healthy self. What and, a wild time. Yeah, I was... Or timing, rather, to... T- yeah, to the timing. Yeah. The timing was yeah. gnarly. And it, I, in my head, I just remember being, like, I could not wait for this day anymore. I'm going to go mm-hmm. take over college. I'm going to be, like... I also went to a, a high school where surfing wasn't necessarily the cool thing. <laughs> so you're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, also, 10-year reunion proved to be the opposite. But anyways, the... <laughs> I was ready to go take on a new area yeah. where surfing was the cool thing, and I 
was gonna be able to blend in and, yeah. and fit in. Cut and then I, path for yeah, yeah, gonna just be easy. And then I got diagnosed. Actually, I was going to my freshman orientation. Um, my mom and I were driving down. You know, we're up from the Bay Area. We're driving down. We stopped in Newport Beach, um, where our fa- her family lives and and where my good friends live. And uh, a friend of mine who'd just been diagnosed with epilepsy that spring was in the hospital. They're doing what's called a video EEG test uh-huh. on me. Um, they keep you there for three or three to seven days, make you have seizures right. while they're monitoring doing, you. yeah, monitoring. So they see exactly where it's from and all that stuff. And she had to stay up till 3 a.m. that morning because um, they wanted your to... Your mom did or your friend? No, my friend in yeah, the hospital yeah. did. Um, so I brought movies and I was, we were going to stay up. Uh, a mix of some good 90s comedy answer and uh yeah and so i was up till three or so with her then i biked back to the house and i woke up the next morning surrounded by uh paramedics and my mom over their shoulders crying my what i call my second mom my mom's best friend over their shoulders crying wow um and then and this was about 4 30 a.m actually and i ended up in the same hospital i'd just been in (laughs) wow yeah. So what? Where were you in actuality? Like what? How did you? How did you get into your episode? Um, Obviously, I'm sure you lost I'd, memory of the. I'd, I'd driven all day. Yeah. Went for a surf as soon as I got to the beach, um, and then stayed up till three a.m. So taxing the system. Yeah, basically yeah. a lack of sleep, and that proved to as I lived through epilepsy, that proved to be one of the main triggers. Wow. Um, so I had a, I had that bad seizure while they were monitoring me. I had another one in the hospital, and, and so they pretty much on the spot diagnosed me wow. as someone with epilepsy. And you had ne- this was your very first episode, very first episode that wow. any anyone in my family remembers. And, and having wow. had all the seizures I've had, I would have noticed. Sure, oh yeah, had something happened. Yeah, pretty distinguishable yeah. events. Yeah. And, uh, so that was, yeah, that was like a big moment. And we, I remember the most specific thing I actually, besides there's a very vivid vision of, of waking up from that first one and the headache slash really chewed up tongue. Um, yeah, my most clear memory is when we went and met my first neurologist. Uh Uh, I do not know her name, but I could draw you a photo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're talking through things. She's introducing me to the disease, um, and she's framing it a lot in like, like very basic education, but also for a seventeen-year-old, right, who's about to start college. And so, one of the first questions that came through was, um, "What is your? Um, are you stressed out? How do you work in school?" And I told her I would get stressed, but um, I'm really focused, you know, on achieving, mm-hmm. and I, I'll always motivate myself. And then she asked, are you physically active? It's important for people with epilepsy to right. move around. And I said, oh, yeah. I got really stuck. I was like, I surf twice a day. And now that I'm going to live right next to Blacks, right. yeah. I'm going to surf three times a yeah, day. Yeah, you were down at UCSD. Yeah, I went yeah. to UCSD. I even picked the dormitory that was right behind Ho Chi Minh. <laughs> That's yeah. another bad, long story in terms oh, of like yeah. how that helped my education. I could have picked an easier route. but Oh, yeah. The so yeah, I told her three times a day I'm going out there. I get to control my schedule now, and she says, 
Well, I'm going to tell you, you can't surf anymore, or you shouldn't surf anymore, probably what you said. Um, It's dangerous that if you had a seizure out in the water. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's a valid reasoning. But I, um, probably a little bit just not knowing that full instruction, but also just being who I was and still am, I said, you want me stress-free? I cannot be salt-free. And... I will mm-hmm. surf. I'm sure I'll figure out what a seizure would be like, and I won't. It, and it won't happen in the water. Yeah. And uh, my mom was was sitting by my side, and th- the doctor immediately looked over to her with that, like, "Can you tell him what to do?" Eyes. <laughs> and she looked. He doesn't at, seem to be responding. To right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> and she looked at me and patted my knee and mm-hmm. said, "Nah." That's true. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not sure. going to be salt free, <laughs> and I don't want him to be. Right. You know, she That's fully so awesome. fully backed that up, and uh, the next, I don't know, a couple questions later, she goes. Um, also, I hate to tell you this, you're about to be a freshman in college, but um, you, you shouldn't drink alcohol. Right. It messes with with the pills, and I said, you know what? That's what I wanted to hear. Now I got a great right? excuse to leave every party early and surf the next morning. Totally. And she yeah, looked at frankly, like, save yourself a lot of other mishaps. <laughs> yeah, and get my sleep that I would need, right? <laughs> totally. So it was it was a kind of good moment. And I, yeah. I, I remember it vividly because I remember that being what I put inside me as my way to approach it. Right. Um, right. You know, it's... I And it was a slight mistake in the sense that my approach was, it doesn't control you, you control yourself. Sure. sure. Um, which I would eventually, through... Um, hundreds of seizures and other stuff right. learn you do need to know it controls you but it was a good way to start it yeah well you had you had talked about in another article you wrote um you know about a, a particular weekend over a thanksgiving weekend that was that was remarkably intense you know and, and challenging for you and that you'd kind of lost track of just how many episodes you know you experienced over the weekend and um, I remember in that article you were saying how that was kind of this pivotal moment where you decided that you were going to change the way you lived your life. Um, how exactly did that become a catalyst or, or what was the outcome of the change? Yeah, so it was a Thanksgiving weekend and um, I haven't lived in the Bay Area since I was 17 years old. Uh, so Thanksgivings are like, those have been my, my treasure. Go right. up, I get back with, with the small group of guys that surfed with throughout my grom hood and usually it happens to be pretty pretty pumping yeah thanksgiving yeah, <laughs> yeah no i mean it's seriously <laughs> it's we actually holiday. have a full calendar yeah, of that i think surfers have a, a particularly biased uh, affinity for thanksgiving it's <laughs> my reason. time of year like <laughs> christmas is cool but thanksgiving yeah. is my holiday for sure. yeah for sure. so um you know, it's my it's my thing, and I and I got up there. I got to my buddy's place, and um, we were getting ready to surf the next day. The swell was looking good, and I had two major seizures. And um, after the second one, he had nine one one come take me to the ER because we, and that was why. Well, I thought I might not let another one happen. It was yeah. it was a good move. This is a friend of yours. Yeah, my best friend Jack Osler. He actually and he's the minister. Of oh wow. Heading with my wow. wife. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I got out of the hospital, went and we were staying with my grandparents, um, and I just kept having seizures. And when I went to the hospital, the waves were really good, and all the boys were saying they were catching waves for me. But I was looking at myself as to, um, you know what, you've 
you've done well, you've battled this well, mm. but you've never given it the credit that it deserves. And it, and it put an idea in my head um, that I need to be completely transparent with it, with my entire family, so that it's not a battle on my own. And I need to educate myself much further and yeah. force doctors and ask doctors more. Mm -hmm. Not just treat it as something that, yeah, a seizure, that sucked. I'll work in the from house today. I'll drive in tomorrow and surf tomorrow. Yeah. And, and that's fine in the sense of being able to live yourself with that. Right. But you can also work to make sure as much as you can control it. Controlling yeah. it's important for yourself. Sure, sure. Well, and I mean, it just seems like, I mean, would you say that in retrospect that you really were just kind of skirting the odds and, and getting lucky thus far up to that point that really this was kind of the, the, the reckoning, you know, like it was like you have to acknowledge the, the significance of this. Yeah, for the most part, I would, yeah, I would, I would say that. Um, I don't know if I brought this up to you earlier and I, I almost feel guilty if I didn't, but um, I did have a 10-day coma the summer between wow. my uh, sophomore and junior year of college, second and third wow. year. No shit. Yeah. No, you hadn't mentioned that. Okay, That's sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Sorry. I, I, sometimes it's, it's all the same yeah. to me now. It's been enough of a journey that sometimes I oh, forget I'm the sure. ten day coma. I guess that's but, a pretty wild thing to say alone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, like, oh yeah, I had a ten day coma. Yeah, yeah, a ten. Wow. Yeah, and uh, that was a. So I'd only ha I had that after having epilepsy for two years. Okay, and that put. And those first two years, I remember I was diligent about taking my pills. I had a pill case that I had each day. Uh -huh. And I would make sure, you know, at some point each day to make sure both were taken. Um, there were days that I missed it. I didn't have a reminder on my phone. I didn't have a routine of times. I right. didn't have anything. Sure. Um, and then I spent 10 days in a coma. Which was... And you were in San Diego at the time? Yeah. I so was living in... Scripts. I just moved to Encinitas. Yeah, okay. I was at the Scripps in Encinitas. Okay. Um, and so that was a moment. And it caused a lot. It caused some solid disagreements with my parents about certain things. Sure. And um, obviously it was, you know, you had to come back alive and stuff like that. But it was... A, <laughs> <laughs> just, just that part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check that box, uh, hopefully. <laughs> wow. But it was a, it was a big I mean, moment. We're only laughing because it's been long enough. <laughs> yeah, it's no. I, I guess it's good to make light of no, this. No, yeah, it's like at the end of the day. As long you as know, you're alive, we can laugh about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, you know, those of us who have epilepsy and, like, we're, a lot of us are friends with each other, we... We yeah. joke about the stuff, you, you know, to, right? it has to be normal. To sense. Yeah. And that was part of what that did to me. It made me show how normal it was in terms of uh, this is here. This is here. Yeah. You can do it, but this right. is here. And so then I, um, I put an alarm on my phone. I started making sure I, I got this, um, little pill holder on my keychain. Mm -hmm. Um, my parents were adamant that I had to text them at 9am and 9pm every uh -huh. time that I'd taken my pills yep. to make sure they were watching over it on that one. That's, 
I give them credit in retrospective. Yeah. Yeah. When I you was hated it 19 years yeah. old, not quite oh, feel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I had to leave surf sessions to run yeah. to the beach to grab my phone and right, text right. them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was well, great. You're still, yeah. you're still a teen. You're still going through the normal stuff yeah. that teen goes through. It was, it was learning. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it helped a lot. And, you know... We, we got to the point where I didn't need to text them anymore and that right. I left an alarm on my phone. I sure. knew I needed to leave an alarm on my phone. I kept everything solid. And I, right. you know, and so it was really from that coma till that Thanksgiving. My doctor says I've had hundreds of seizures. I can't really remember enough to count. <laughs> so I'll take a word for it. Yeah, there's been, yeah. There's been the... Big grand malls that absolutely yeah. knock me out and scare everyone who's around, which I would understand. Sure. I've never seen them. I don't want to see them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But there's also the very minor ones. Some that I, you know, completely take me over and are very noticeable. Some that were kind of whatever moments. A little more transient, yeah. Yeah. And, and my doctor says there's some that I got used to to the point that I didn't notice them. Oh, interesting. I think I've actually heard of that before with other people. Yeah. Your system kind of acclimates a little bit. You just, those are the most minor, though. Yeah. Yeah. Super minor. But yeah. when you add up what a seizure is, my right. that was what his, his thing is. For so sure. Hundreds of yeah. them. So when you look at it, it was a decade. So I guess... So I, it had been 10 years? Uh, yeah, I've had... At that that uh, no, the Thanksgiving, that was... Uh, what was that? Was the Thanksgiving 2015? I got okay. diagnosed 2007, so that was eight gotcha. years, but yeah, still this that's last a summer, a long but, time, to yeah, without that level of intensity for episodes. I mean, that's yeah, pretty wild. It was a good amount, yeah. You had a dormant volcano, and <laughs> not dormant, <laughs> quite one. Um, well, it's funny that you, you kind of touched on it. Well, but, it was dormant um, when I was in high school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least got to have some teen angst in there. <laughs> I mean, you write... Um, uh, I read this in a couple of different articles you were writing. One of them was on the Patagonia blog, and one was elsewhere. And you're talking about how you know epilepsy doesn't have to define you, but it will be with you by your side, and you have to define it. I was kind of hoping that maybe you could just... Tell us a little bit about what that means to you and um, why that's so important. Yeah, so that was you know that was a big part of the coma learning lesson that you ha- like this is very present, right? And it is all over you. Um, and then I think I did fight up against myself to a certain extent over the next eight years of this is very present. It it doesn't really involve you. Right. Like, you can't control it. You yeah. can take your pills, but you can't control it. I yeah. had that kind of idea in my There's head. There's no ego fighting. <laughs> exactly. It's not even a chance. And so then, though, after that bad round, and I really was like, I'm having too many seizures, and the seizures can be controlled mm. to an extent. Maybe they will Maybe they would never stop. Right. A hundred percent, but... Um, but I can take a, a, a much sharper look at this. And while taking that look at this, it still doesn't define who I am. I am who I am. Right. And having epilepsy actually provides me more opportunity to assert that and sit in that. Right. In that, like, because while I was still having seizures, that would be what I focused on. Have a seizure. Who are you? You're, you what did you do this month? Hmm. Right. Uh, you know, I had this paddle, or I surfed here, and mm-hmm. 
this happened at work and you're you got married <laughs> right like it there it, it helped remind me that everything outside is really what you are yeah so. well and that you know i mean there's i don't know i mean you could kind of take that one down the rabbit hole a little bit in terms of the philosophical stance on it but i mean i think most people would agree that you know a, a essentially an electrical neurological issue um is is not your identity is not the id or the ego or the you know the self in any form you know it's not your soul it's not who you and so there's really i think an important um moment of cognition to to distinguish that you know to like make sure that you realize that the same way we're not you know whatever a, a freaking you know cut you get or a you know injury you receive physically like that's you're, you're not then a broken person yeah that is your that is your vessel you know <laughs> But you are unwavering. Uh, yeah, and 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 that's that's when the true term of epileptic opportunity came to me. Right. Because I, you know, I very heavily looked, like I was saying, I very heavily looked back at, at when I got diagnosed and when I had the coma. Yeah. And I thought about it's it. It's kind of become your mantra, huh? Yeah. And yeah. both times it provided certain opportunities. One time it was to not drink alcohol. The next time it was to completely learn how to take care or better learn how to take care of myself. And in com- you know, total transparency, my first two quarters at UCSD that year, I didn't have to take full, like right. three classes. I took two classes. Shred. And I mean, <laughs> I'm sure that was exactly all my brain could hold. But yeah. that left me more time in the ocean. Absolutely. Well, and I'm glad that you brought that up because I really love that motto, so to speak, or mantra, you know, of epileptic opportunity. And um, I think it's just really cool. It it speaks to a lot of things. And obviously, it's more than just the literal opportunities that you were able to, you know, have, whether it's time or flexibility or surfing or whatever that is. But, you know, also clearly just a, uh, a moment to decide, you know what do I do with this? You know, it, this, this is an opportunity. What am I going to do? Yeah. You know, it, 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 yeah, it works. It, like for me, it, it involved how I used my epilepsy or worked towards my epilepsy. And it also involved every other facet of life. Right. Very easily. Like something, something comes up and it's a challenge. Well, you're lucky you got a challenge. Cause when you're done with the challenge, you, learned something yeah and the next one's not going to be as hard yeah and you know and like we i i'm fortunate enough to have that you know, lifestyle i get to live and might as well make sure i do it in a way that is helpful Tell for myself how. and others yeah well and it sounds like that's really something you've you know made a good effort to you know cultivate yourself and um and that's something that you know uh I think that you can definitely talk to in terms of your experience over time now, like kind of growing your own awareness and, and how to support and raise awareness around, you know, epilepsy in general as an issue. Um, that's actually a perfect segue into um, your paddle. You did you did a really cool kind of awareness campaign. I think also maybe some fundraising or something like that. Was yeah. Um, but this was to basically raise awareness. You did a long distance paddle and uh, to just shine a light on the issue, right? Yeah. Tell I was... us about that. I got, so moving up to Santa Barbara, having lived in San Diego, I learned pretty quickly that if you want to stay in the ocean in the summertime, <laughs> buy a paddleboard. <laughs> Better find some <something laughs> <in> flat water. <laughs> yeah. 
buy, it was like buy a paddleboard or a kiteboard, and I'm not gonna buy for a kiteboard. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so I bought myself a paddleboard. And, You're not kiteboarding, bro. Oh, come on. You know, I, I want to put it in my truck, but. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, I bought myself a paddleboard and I started paddling and. Well, I thought I was going to love it because I like big waves, or at least do it because I like big waves. I did not know I was going to fall in love with it. Uh, Even though I love the ocean like nothing else, yeah. it became something where probably start in July, unless the waves are really good, Yeah, I'm just going to get on board. That's right. And, and go. And so I had this, I was just, I was in the middle of just spending a lot of time on the paddleboard. Um... It was, yeah, it was around July or something. And there was one morning, I work in social media. Right. And there was one morning... At Patagonia. At Patagonia. Yeah. And I was um, going for a paddle. And I'm just doing some nerding out on the pa- pa- panel, or paddle. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I was talking to myself. Yeah, yeah. Pa- on Sorry to interrupt you. Panel on the paddle. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm pa- paddling and... I think to myself, you know what, one of the things I talked about with my boss was we, we need to get more involved in Facebook Live. Oh, yeah. And Facebook Live had just started, and it was still when you could only do it from a phone. Right. Um, not an MLB game with every angle there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so I was, I was thinking to myself, and, and, and you know what, I really need to just, like, I've done a, a solid amount of five-mile paddles. I want to put myself in a long one. Yeah. Right. So this was your first, uh, like, significant distance. I want, yeah. yeah. I wanted to step it up. And Not that was, five miles is, for those who don't paddle five miles, would be absolutely yeah, exhausting. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. And so I was thinking about it, and I said, you know what? This would, a good way to do a nice big paddle would be on a work day and to make it work. And wow. work is studying Facebook Live. Yep. And so I came up with that, you know, I'm going to Facebook Live myself on a paddle. So you were a pro paddler. <laughs> Technically speaking. I was working towards that, yeah. yeah. But then when I thought about Facebook Living myself, I was like, I'm not a pro paddler. Yeah, right. <laughs> I need to Well, make... it was super cool. I got yeah. to, I got to uh, re-watch it. It's still stored on there. And uh, it looked like it was cool. Thanks. I mean, you were clearly like, just, you know, like, all oh, just... Trial and error, figure this thing out, you know? Yeah, it helped Patagonia, too. Yeah, it right? Helped, yeah. Super cool. So after I get, came up with the idea, I just reached out to the Epilepsy Foundation. Yeah. I'd never worked with them before. And this is uh, Epilepsy Foundation of America? It's or? the Epilepsy Foundation. It's the L.A. chapter. It's called End Epilepsy. Okay. End Epilepsy. They've, they're my heroes. Awesome. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Found one. <laughs> and uh, so I reached out to them. And I was a little nervous to do it because of what that doctor had said about no right. ocean time. Um, so I reached out, and this man named Nathan Jones called me called me back. I left a message, and he called me back, and he was very enthusiastic. And he cool. said, yes, we would love to partner with you. Can we get a boat? We'll pay oh, for the rad. boat. Like, we'll, we'll go alongside, we'll get, and um, we'll get a story. Let's create this page. We have an end yeah. epilepsy Can walk. some PR, yeah. Yeah, this whole thing. And I... His enthusiasm and his, he, you know, he told me about his battles with epilepsy, and I found a teammate, and I wanted to do it, and I found an actual way to go about it. So cool. And it, yeah, and so that's that's what it became. 
That's awesome. And so what was it actually? It was 17 miles, right? Yeah. At the time, my wife and I were living in Carpinteria. Mm-hmm. I work in Ventura, and I looked on the map, and that was 17 miles. And I said, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've, commute. I've been doing five miles every other day, and uh, what about a day Triple of... Down. Yeah. Might, might as well just use the ocean to get to the, get oh, to yeah. the office. And so that became the pitch idea, too, in right. terms of, hey, like, if you have epilepsy, you know, you work with it, but then you can also let it work with you. Right. And, you yeah, know, with the sleep and going after something you want to go after, you uh-huh. can do it, and it delivers, you know, so wow. along all that. And Yeah. Now, did you have, so you had a boat following you to document. Yeah. Did you have a, a support crew of any kind medically or just friends who knew what to do? And No. No? Um, one of the dudes who I just met, met recently as a paddle dude, it was his boat, and he wanted to jump on the paddle with me and, and support and cool. to help raise awareness yeah. and, to, and to help me learn some better technique. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Paddling's actually like... it's. Oh, there's a ton of things. Yeah, those yeah. guys work on it, and I've, Hell yeah. I've become a work-on-it nerd. It's um, not something you grunt through in terms no. of being efficient or good. Yeah, it's don't. It's definitely, don't, a, it's a finely tuned, yeah. You don't have to, don't be a macho man. You can no. just go ahead and no. be, be smart. Be, yeah. It's smarter and harder, that's for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, so he had the boat, and Nathan got on the boat. Nathan drove the boat, held the camera at times, <laughs> would tune in for fun conversation, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, there he just went, That's epic. went 17 miles. And did you, what was the response like? What was the engagement or, oh, people, or outcome of the whole effort? Like, what was the resolution of it? People got really excited. I did not expect what would have happened. Cool. A lot of people watched the videos. I forget the numbers now, but I remember looking back on them and being like, yeah. Oh, Scott, look what I did to disguise my boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, study day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then um, I wrote a blog post. For the clean, for the cleanest line, Patagonia's yep. blog. Yeah, it's a great um, article, and that was really what really boosted it up because then that got shared very sure. widely by Patagonia. Uh-huh. And, and other media outlets picked that and up, other and other media people, and all the epilepsy foundations right. picked it up, and it's so cool. Yeah, it was really cool, and it was really just um, it made me feel good. Yeah, cool. like, oh yeah, I'm cool amongst epilepsy for sure. But, like, <laughs> I'm an epilepsy it, celebrity. It just made me feel more like comfortable with epilepsy yeah. itself too it was almost awareness for myself i guess is kind of what yeah well it, i think the byproduct of it is that you're normalizing it for yourself exactly right? and I for people it for you know myself. and that obviously wasn't your sole intent you know far from it really um you know you're doing it for very altruistic and exploratory reasons but at the same time pretty awesome byproduct of that that you get to come out of it feeling like not only do i have a place but like I feel good about my place within this. You know? Yeah, like shortly, yeah, all of a sudden, you know, people who people with Instagram who saw it were following me on Instagram, and they'd send me a message, right. and I had friends, yeah, who hadn't who had epilepsy. I, I the first eight years or nine years I had it, I didn't have a single friend who had epilepsy. Wow, anyone I knew who had epilepsy was like second cousin, of, you know, sure. just those. Yeah, distant to not enough to connect. Yeah, yeah. and so all, uh, there was a community amongst us, and we all have each other's names and sure. and the our phone numbers. And yeah, there's been times after a bad one where I'd call mm-hmm. and just yeah, I mean not say much, but they not to support. What, you know, and I think so it's super important to have those people. It's incredibly even important. if you only have one. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, shit, you're lucky if you have one. You're, you're lucky if you have one. And then if you have many and they're the, the, you know, the type of people who deal with what you deal with and they deal with it in a, you know, that strong way, then it's, you couldn't be more fortunate. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I continue to find myself saying the word fortunate in terms of every step of the process. Yeah. I've yeah. gone through. Well, I really loved hearing about it. Um, you know, both just for the obvious reasons of the sentiment and, and the whole merit of it, but also it was really kind of cool for me because um, I've I've actually worked in social media for a number of years myself, and I've become very pessimistic about social media <laughs> in my experience, as I'm sure you can relate. Um, but that being said, it was a really cool reminder of, um, you know, the inherent utility that, that it is in terms of sharing and communication and the fact that you were able to use it in such an awesome way. And granted, these examples are out there in the world, but, you know, it's just hard to find them. The algorithms are not supporting positive news, you know, to say the least. They but didn't have a new policy about any political... No, nah, algorithms are sketch. But <laughs> <laughs> You know, the thing that really stood out to me was that you, especially now that you're telling the story, talking about how people would just reach out to you who felt somehow, you know, estranged or... or you know, literally were strangers to you previously, now felt an immediate connection. You know, now we're able to just reach out and feel some sort of connection between the two of you. And I think that's super cool because you're talking to strangers, but like you're speaking to their heart and to their minds and to their life experiences. And it's, it's pretty powerful. It is. Yeah. It is. I've actually, I only know in person two of about, I would say upwards of 20, 20 or so people now. Wow. That I talk to regularly. But you maintain relations with all of them. Oh, talk, just, just yeah. online. But yeah. there's only two that I've met. Wow. There's I, there's That's three so cool. three Australians in the crew. Right. That I talk to all the time. Yeah. And yeah, a bunch of others. I but mean, obviously, it'd be cooler if you could also. It would be great to meet them. But, but nevertheless, I, and we all fact, talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. We actually one of the common discussions is trying to create like some type of week or weekend where we can all get together somewhere like just a coastline everyone mentions coastline and then it's not for epilepsy awareness or anything and we can talk about it if we want to but we're just yeah. going to relax well, isn't that funny everyone's craving a little water yeah everyone <laughs> wants the ocean and that's one of the main things people usually reach out about yeah it's like i've had um a couple you're a good conduit for them to experience exposure to yeah the, or but not only in that sense but also um i've had a couple people reach out to me um who were recently diagnosed or their kid was recently diagnosed and they're an avid surfer oh yeah or yeah. ocean person sure. and then there was a fear either in the parent or the diagnosed about getting back out there and actually right. like it was often both right and you know people rock climbers too just like how a lot of question of how do you surf like this is too scary yeah and conversations of um what is your fear of it and what does it do for you and uh, different with everyone but yeah sure it, it all ended up to the point where they're the ones most often checking in on jared have you surfed yet we want you to surf yeah that's so awesome and they are they're all doing what well, they that's cool them. i mean you're you probably fill a significant, you know, niche within the world of people who have been diagnosed. And that's really cool because you get to kind of be the person who is able to, to return the support that maybe you've received from some other people too, you know, at yeah. the very least. Well, it, it's, yeah, I, 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 
want to do it because also one in 26 people in, in America have epilepsy. Right. So I know there's a lot more surfers out there. Yeah. Who've, who've battled like I've battled. Yeah. And probably even better. Yeah. And yeah. I want to know them. I want to surf oh, with yeah. them. And I yeah. want everyone to feel like, oh, someone's having a seizure in the ocean. Or someone just had a seizure in the parking lot. Yeah. Know what to do. One of my worst seizures, I had in, I had it in the Swami's parking lot. Wow. And I wasn't planning on surfing. I just was, like, all of a sudden I needed a moment. And, um, yeah, and the people <laughs> and there. And took it. <laughs> and, yeah, I took it. And yeah. the people there flipped out about it. They didn't know what was going on. Wow. They called the ER on it right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a badge a that says epilepsy and stuff. And it's not... Yeah. I don't blame no, them at no, all, but course. just the lack of no, understanding it's a shame, in the world. No, it's not a much higher level. Yeah. So it's, you know, one of those things of let's bring it into our community. Yeah. Well, kind of, I would like to get into that. Um, but before we do, just to close out your paddling experiences, because this was super cool. You shared a story with me when I talked to you the other week. And um, it had to do with before you had to stopping in the water. You took a couple of paddles and um, you had a particularly magical experience with a couple of spirit animals and I was hoping you could uh, recant that whole experience for us <laughs> yeah 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 that was a good one I um so I was actually that the paddle there's two really incredible three really but two of the very vital ones are one of them was uh when I came up with the idea for the epilepsy awareness paddle yeah I was I was processing it while I was on the start of my paddle headed north I was doing the harbor to Emma Wood and back. Um, it was my first, like, true prove me to myself, because I think yeah. that one's about nine. I was going to say a ten. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was my one of graduating from That's five to right. nine before I wanted to jump yeah. to 17. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just triplet, why yeah, not? Yeah, um, and I, was, I came up with it on the, on the cruise north, and I was getting so stoked on it and so ready to go write it all out and call the foundation and stuff that I turned around like about halfway earlier than I planned on turning <laughs> I gotta around. get home. <laughs> gotta start working on this thing. And That's so I, awesome. I turn around and I'm headed back south and out of nowhere a, a just pot of dolphins joins me. Wow. And in full on unison show. Like there was two right at my nose that I was thoroughly nervous we're gonna whack the nose right. at some point. Two very like close to the hands where I kept kind of maybe like maybe yeah. I'll get you and a couple more on the sides of them but like behind like just a full on beat and one dude wow. well ahead it was just right ahead here's your escort yeah. and I went all the way from the top of the river mouth to the pier Jeez. with them like, I think so I calculated cool. it out like at about three quarters of a mile or something. Oh my god! And you said they were like jumping up and, and, and cresting over your bow. In unison, <laughs> like like wow. every single. I'll I'll forever remember. And if we're yeah, ever so on a cool. paddle together, I can show you how cl- it was. Wow. Yeah, and dolphins, uh, man. <laughs> man, <laughs> it's like it's so cliche, but it's I have no shame. Could, I could hear that. them singing under the. There was just this. Oh, like yeah. nice. I, yeah. Sorry, I Have just you started tried speaking it. dolphins? So. I'm I'm working on yeah. it. I, <laughs> yeah. I've almost gotten the handshake intro, sure, so I'm still sure. trying. Yeah, I'm trying to pick up a slang. Yeah, yeah. I'm working on it. Man. <laughs> I'm on it. They said hi today. You saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that one, and then there's another one. Um, I was about to go in for my video EEG monitoring test. That one that I went into for my friend. By the way, yeah. she also has never had a seizure since my first seizure. She doesn't even Whoa. take medicine anymore. Wow. Interesting 
that's very interesting and you no. yeah got it yeah she often claims i stole it i, I was just gonna say is I, that a gift or a steal no. i'm not sure i'm like i don't know i wouldn't i don't I know wouldn't that any beef would be incentivized yeah yeah i wouldn't want to help on that one well, i'd well, help but not yeah well, at least you get to scapegoat yeah. No. But um, <laughs> you get to blame her for. <laughs> I've I've put in a couple. Yeah, yeah, a couple jobs here. She, yeah, she's and she was a great, you know, great person to when I got diagnosed. Right, to have around. Sure. Oh yeah. Um, and so yeah, I'm on this paddle right before my video EEG test. I'm about to know that I'm spending seven days in the hospital, no opportunity to walk near the shore, and gonna have to have five seizures oh. while I'm there. And uh, so it's the you know it's my little send off paddle and looking for it and i'm with my buddy tim davis um who's my paddle partner and we have a normal route uh, an eight mile route from miramar to um, the harbor and back right that's our daily do and uh we get going we just get into the water and we notice a couple of dolphins or a lot of dolphins <laughs> just ahead of us and we sprint up to them and then this, and we're sprinting, and then we notice that they're slowing down. Like, All right, cool. Slow. Okay. We'll see. Okay. And it was just a combo of us playing a little like sprint slow, yeah. sprint slow little game with us. them, um, all the way from Miramar till just next to the pier, like wow. a full two and a half. So cool. So miles, three and a half miles. Well, they definitely tune in. Oh man, and there was a lot like. They had the little babies chilling right. with the mamas. Yeah, all the casters. It, it was. Around, yeah. It was beautiful. Young wow. ones that didn't have a nick on them. Old ones whose fins were right all butchered. Butchered, yeah. yeah. And wow. yeah, the whole crew. That's so epic, man. That's like, I feel like that's definitely visually one of the more uh, kind of quintessential surfer water ocean experiences one could have. You know? Yeah, it's that's pretty it's, remarkable. I I've had my my great waves of my life and. And I'd say those two ranks a lot remarkable vividly wave. higher. Like, yeah, yeah, I would or, say that's pretty you know, legendary. Yeah, for sure. I've had those barrels I brag about, and <laughs> <laughs> they just looked better. Not, not nearly as cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, that was an example of you know one component of your kind of saltwater therapy, and you write a lot about it in your articles about how you know important and crucial the ocean and water is in your life in terms of providing that kind of um, therapy, really. And um, I was curious if you could talk a little bit about Do you kind want of... Me to get that dog to shut up? <laughs> no, he's the neighbor. He oh, likes it's... us. I can get him to just come sit and he'd shut up. Yeah, but... sure. Yeah, so you're just coming to this one. Yeah. Come on. Oh, good boy. Yeah. Come here. Watch out for that thing. Come here. Yeah. Smalls. Good boy. <laughs> Smalls. Smalls, buddy. Come here. Good boy. Come here. I love tits. Or it's a she. No, he. It's yeah. a he. <laughs> good boy. Yeah. Good boy. Come here. So, um, I think where we left off was... Uh, Obviously, that paddle and paddling and surfing and all that stuff, you know, are examples of some saltwater therapy. And you've talked a lot about that and the importance of that in your life and just whatever the role that water in general plays in your life. And I think that's really cool. And it's a lot of what drove me to want to connect with you specifically, other than just an amazing story to tell. And um, I was hoping that maybe you could just kind of 
talk to you know what role water does play in your life, but also how your process in dealing and living with epilepsy has kind of deepened your relationship to the ocean. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I when I we were, I was born in San Francisco. My family moved to Rhode Island um, for when I was young, and but we kept coming back to California every summer. Um, to Orange County specifically. And um, so we'd come every summer and I would just swim in the ocean and play in the ocean. And, you know, I hadn't started surfing yet. I was body surfing and I was watching surfing very meticulously. Uh-huh. And I just loved the ocean. The ocean brought me everything in terms of pure happiness. I loved baseball. I loved working hard in school. But the ocean leveled it all. Yeah. And uh, I specifically... <laughs> Yeah, smalls. <laughs> we've we've got an awesome neighbor dog with us. Incredible, cute pit. Smalls, Small. far from small. He would not stop. He's a beast. We had him all so day. now he's hanging with us. <laughs> That's very cool. That. And then I thought we moved to California that next summer. I yeah. got my first surfboard. And. Yeah, say la vie, and 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 then again, especially to the point of when the doctor told me, right, you can't surf anymore. Took on a whole new level, right? Sorry, I'm not. I the the ocean is where I find my comfort and my peace. Was that um, was your kind of evolving relationship with the ocean? from that point on did you have anything new develop or was it more just that it was kind of crystallizing of of everything that you had felt intuitively beforehand you just were paying a little more attention maybe it it it's developed yeah yeah Yeah, i would imagine the one place i've never had a seizure the beach or the ocean yeah um yep the uh there's there's been times where uh I mean, as I mentioned earlier, if I didn't find a way to surf, I bought a paddleboard. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, got to be I've, it. I've always got my swim swim fins and trunks in the back just in case I want to jump in real quick. It it's it it became the place I went to beyond just finding uh, happiness and connection. It became the place I went to for solitude and 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 really like a, a full on relationship. Obviously, you were very cognizant of the connection all along, you know, the the entire, you know, uh, cradle to grave cycle that was involved with your opportunity to continue to experience the ocean in a healthy, you know, way. That's very, very awesome. Um, It just seems like, in general, it makes a lot of sense that your connection to the ocean would have deepened through this because, obviously, I think that anybody going through any real... Um, significant life trauma or, or transition is going to have a lot more introspection and, and self-reflection time and obviously the ocean is an amazing theater and if not conduit for that kind of experience. It brings it and I think you and I were kind of talking about it earlier and you know I spent the last three months waiting to surf mostly very physically able uh-huh. and it just it, I, you know the whole environmental side of it that's never and it's continually evolved, but I think the surfer side of it was maybe getting a little bit pushed back or, or tossed into a little bit of that lower yeah. half of it. Yeah. In the sense of, you know, um, oh, I didn't make that turn. I should have made that darn turn. The turn uh-huh. felt so good at the start. And that stuff getting in the, like, 
that nose ride. Ah, like my arm. Why is my arm right there? And yeah. and while it's, it'll always be cool to always try to work to ever evolve sure. your surfing abilities. It was a solid reminder of, be the Grom who sees a wave and it looks fun. right. Like, yeah, we were talking about how it's almost, you know, almost an inverse bell curve where it's like mm-hmm. you start out as a Grom or, or really wherever. It doesn't matter what age you start at, but yeah. it's particularly potent if you happen to be a kid, too, because you've already got your, you know, your child's mind still relatively yeah. intact and you haven't learned to become a miserable bastard like the rest of the adults or, <laughs> you know, or yeah, whatever you it is. Become the one so you, yeah, you're just out there playing, you don't, you know, you're just out there just for the fun, for the pleasure. And, uh, and as you get better and you get older and... Of course, you have your, you know, regular socialization processes of growing older that compound all this. But it seems like most people become more attached to their performance, dictating the quality of their experience, you know. When and you, you kind of become this miserable, up. bitter bastard for a while, you know, <laughs> whether it's with yourself or to other people or both. And then you kind of round the curve and you get typically usually it comes with age and you kind of get back to a little bit of like less attachment, you know, and just kind of like really cruisy. And this is just super fun and amazing and a blessing and just all these wonderful other ways to see it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I ordered, I, yeah. So how like, do we maintain that? Right. That's what we, we maintain, were talking about. Yeah. How yeah. do you maintain that? And, yeah. And, you know, because we were out there today, and I, my first session back in three months, and all I've done physically, actively, is very slow-moving stuff between yoga and climbing. Yeah. And there's some, oh, I did not get my knee exactly yeah. as fast as I wanted <laughs> yeah. to. And, oh, some I, fast twitch muscles were struggling. Uh, that muscle, <laughs> like, that end of that barrel could have been... Uh, right, and, right. And I just, like, I looked at those, and I laughed at myself, and I was... And I thought to myself, I will never not be able to be on a board with performance opportunities where I won't somehow criticize <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. But I need a board where I will never criticize totally. performance and that. So I, I um, and I or I think just like you said, the kind of having some some whatever, even if it's a goofy routine or something that's just simply for the pleasure, you know, yeah. to play like. I think it's so important to cultivate that in, in, some, in any form in your life, but just to have something you do just for the fun, period. Yeah. And and I don't know, it's just, it's a shame when you let your, I, I can speak from experience, you know, that when you right. let your surfing become, you know, a source of pain sometimes. Now, your specific uh, form of epilepsy is focal cortical dysplasia, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's what... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that's what caused it. Um, they have so many different names of different diagnoses. Right, right. It evolves forever. But yeah. um, what they work on more specifically now is to actually find the, the root cause of it, not right. necessarily to find how... I mean, they'll let you know how bad your epilepsy is in terms of frequency and stuff. But And so focal cortical is uh, dysplasia. Also, FCD for short. Yeah. Fletcher Surfboard Designs, Patagonia. <laughs> I definitely let him know about that and blamed him. He took it, and it was a good moment. Uh, Slash, now you get discounts all the time. Yeah, yeah. Team Rider right here. Uh, Look at the tattoo, man. Come on. <laughs> I got FCD in yeah. the brain and on the arm. <laughs> Should be under my feet. Yeah, sign me up. <laughs> so, yeah, you're born with it, and it's just an abnormality in your brain. It's yeah. not caused by, they don't know what causes it. Sure. They don't know. And yeah. um, it can either settle in when you're young, mm-hmm. and then there's the chance your brain kicks it out as your brain grows and develops, mm-hmm. or it settles in when you're late. Right. 
and it's as there. As it did with you. And that was my case. Yeah. Um, and, and the bad part about it is it doesn't listen to medicines. Uh-huh. And this was, I think, from one of your articles, if I recall correctly, you were saying that the speculations were that it may have been at least somewhat in relation to and was in proximity to a couple of concussions you experienced, right? Well, yeah, that was their. That was what they first did, and that leads to an interesting point where um, epilepsy is still so new to medical sciences, and, and when you really think about how half of the medical tests I got weren't invented until the 80s or like even right. started and that's it's not bad. that's not the that's not even the complicated ones right. those are things like the basic MRI stuff yeah yeah um well, so EEG's only been around for 25 30 years yeah, or something yeah yeah they you know so they're they're always working and a brain is really hard to study especially you can't really study it when it's dead you know and you if you don't see the seizure, you can't completely right. see it. Hence and your forced evaluation. Forced evaluations. And so sometimes doctors get into little bits of, if they see a case that can be studied mm. and help, they're going to go it. If they see a case that's just in the um, kind of a definition of, oh, this caused it, these meds. You gotcha. know, they just... So if it's more clear cut, then they're going to take the short and... Easy route. If Not it's easy, an, but... Yeah, they're just going to try and make it something that's controllable, but they probably won't throw you through bunches of tests, both sure. for the for their amount of time that they need yeah, and because of the insurance stuff, sure. medical stuff, and we yeah. can go down that road right, a whole other round. For but, sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, to, to be maximum yeah, efficiency. Maximum and efficiency yeah. and trying to both help the patient and sure. and the disease. And well, so, and obviously, if, if you're looking at it from the side of the advancements in the sciences of research, you know, you, you would want the, you know, the real thinker cases to be the ones that you spend your time on, not the, yeah. you know, relatively speaking, the straightforward ones. Straightforward ones. Yeah. And so, you know, they thought it. And that was what the original doctor, um, I went to a different doctor after that first one, neurologist, and that was what he thought. It was just the concussions. And we kept going through all these different waves of medicines. Um, and the one thing was he never did a lot of tests on me. And the main reason behind it would be, well, you, you know, concussions caused it. We're not, like, he always had some reason why it wasn't, there wasn't a need to go down to that test. Um, or that uh, insurance was too bad. He always had something. And then, so I, when I, after I'd done the awareness with the Epilepsy Foundation, I, I talked to them and I said, I want to go to a, another doctor who can answer any question I have and I can ask everything. Mm. Um, I, I, at that point, I think I hadn't gone like, I think I'd gone like three months in a row with a seizure or something wow. like that. And, um, so they helped me get in with the UCLA team and, um, obviously I, it all took great steps um, because when that doctor met the first thing he when I first time I met him the first thing he did was he asked me what happened during my seizures and the frequency and I gave him what answer I could and, and really when you have a seizure you, there's all different things that you go through yeah, so um, kind of going haywire and it's not like that helps him in a certain sense but then my wife was with me and he focused on asking her for an hour and a half how the epilepsy worked on me uh-huh. And with detailed questions so far as what happens with his left arm, right. what happens with his right arm. Yeah. Um, and I remember he took like two full pages of very detailed notes and yeah. he set up two tests, two tests that I'd never had before. Then after those tests, we met and he asked my mom about my, her pregnancy 
Um, my birth and my childhood. Yeah. Very detailed questions. Yeah, yeah. Very detailed questions. All Again, this is relevant. Yeah, we'd never yeah. been through this before. Yeah, though. yeah. Because we mentioned a concussion once, and so they decided to go concussion route. Sure. So he goes into it. Then he orders another set of tests. The next test I took gave them that it was focal cortical dysplasia. They started to think a little bit of an abnormality. They didn't quite know. They were saying maybe the concussions caused it, but they might not be the root cause. It might have been something else. And then they came up with it. And um, that was a really interesting moment, too, when I discovered that. Not to just go side course things, but... um, my wife's on a work trip. I'm home alone. Um, you know, I was probably being my normal when when I'm home alone self of surfing my brains out both before work, lunch, and after. <laughs> and um, I remember getting home one day really tired, and I sit down on the couch, and I saw that I got a UCLA bill for another test on my thing, and I remember, oh, dude, I didn't pay that last one. So I get online to go pay them, and UCLA has this My Health Chart system, showed very helpful. And on the homepage, there's a notification of test result. I said, oh, maybe I'll go take a quick look. Maybe it was that one that he and I talked about, and I All can right. actually, you know. And I pull it up, and it, you know, in whatever medical way it said it, um, says focal cortical dysplasia. Mm-hmm. And I saw it, and I looked at it, and I had never seen the word before and so then I googled it and it showed up on the Epilepsy Foundation website Yeah. and it said most people have focal cortical dysplasia will need surgery so this all, this all happened very quickly obviously and it must have felt like a, a it, it was a night nice, yeah, I called my parents immediately Wow. they're uh, at a Red Sox game yeah. so um, but as soon as I mentioned it was epilepsy related they made sure and we had a long conversation um my wife we video chatted my brother called me and um i reached out to that woman from orange county my 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 second mom aunt karen karen yeah mom number two i call her all of those and uh i asked i had an appointment in four days wow and I asked if she could come to that appointment to be there with me. Yeah. So I could have someone really help with asking questions. Awesome. And my parents wrote questions. Like, we all, we, it, it was, although it was a very <laughs> outer body ish experience yeah, to that. learn, oh, wow, you're probably going to have brain surgery. Yeah. <laughs> like, telling yourself that all alone in your house. Um, but it was a great moment for helping us prepare for it as a team. Yeah. And get ready. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, it's almost particularly wild in your case, because on one level, at least with most people, you know, it can be very helpful and grounding to finally put a term and a, and a, a you know, solidified diagnosis onto something that they've been wondering about or trying to grasp tangibly, you know, to like see the title of it on one level can be reassuring or at least like give you some clarity, okay, this is the pro. this is what we're working with. Yeah. And, and therefore you know make your game plan of what to deal with but at the same time all in the same go you found out that you know part and parcel with that is almost a guarantee of brain surgery yeah and um i looked at brains so i also we studied brain surgery and from what we read it looked like things were going to get a lot better 
Yeah, and so we, we, you know, we got ready, and I remember the meeting, the appointment with my doctor where he was telling me, and I just, you know, he pulls up the, the chart that I'd just seen the same way four nights earlier, and I, I'm th- thinking to myself, he's about to tell me. Yeah. I have, fo- and he's gone, you have. Like, it was, I uh, almost, yeah, and it was. You felt kind of out of the body, I'm sure. Out of the body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. out of the body, for sure. Um, and at my... Karen being there right by my side she recorded the whole conversation she yeah. asked every question that was on there and I remember participating it in, to it in an extent I don't even to this day having listened to it a couple times I still do not remember <laughs> well, being yeah. there um, I'm sure you were elsewhere I was elsewhere I yeah, yeah. and uh, so that I always thank Karen for that as such a big and pivotal step calling my parents on the drive home and calling my best friend and my brother and just, you know, settling into it and settling into it in the way where part of what he said was, you know what, you're not going to lose any cognitive skills and there's at least a 70% chance that you'll never have a seizure again. Wow. That's, that's at least. That was what the conversation ended that's with. That's so cool. And, I mean, uh, like, I... Yeah, I just, and I, so I left to me there. is pretty optimistic odds it was it was beyond speaking. I mean I'm a, I was a guy who till then felt mm, one in 30 yeah 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 you know right maybe if I'm going well one in sure 120 yep yep you know and uh what a wild experience it was it was a moment yeah it was a whole moment and then it was yeah. business get down to it uh, understand what yeah. we're about to get ready for there was no test that was not worth it they had a team of doctors, a whole board of doctors at the leading neurology center of the USA. Working on your case. Looking at my brain to decide wow. exactly what they were going to do with surgery. Wow. I mean, talk about lucky. Talk right? about talk about lucky, fortunate, Blessings all blessed, the map. and yeah. everything. Yeah, that's incredible. And We're really fortunate to have access to that. To, to have the opportunity to do that, to have insurance... And, you know, there was, there was moments during that, that, uh, what, September to March, mm-hmm. that eight, eight month journey yep. of, um, a lot of fear. Oh, I'm sure there it were had moments. to be pretty consistent waves, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, I went all over the place. There's sure. days where I didn't know which emotion would come up at what time. Yeah. Um, but I always found myself motivated in it and... Hey, prove who you you are. Who you are. Epilepsy doesn't define you. You don't get you don't right. get distracted at work. Epileptic, you, epileptic opportunity. Yeah, you go surf. <laughs> yeah, you don't add stress to this that'll cause another seizure just because you're about to possibly end seizures. Yeah, you don't have to goose step with yeah. the severity. Of and it was stuff. always a you know it was a long and adventurous road, but I got a decent winter in at Mavericks. I yeah. met Totos. I. Got to surf Malibu at very odd times when there's not as much crowd since uh-huh. I was driving down to LA often. Yeah. That's right. You know, and then yeah. there's that one good, good ones to keep in the vault. Right? Yeah, good memories to hold. Good, good ones to hold on yeah, to. Yeah, for good sure. Good ones to add. Well, I mean, to your point about, you know, Auntie Karen and other people, you know, being there as a support in your life, um, you've now lived with epilepsy for sounds like almost two decades or coming up on it. Um, I don't know how old you are actually, but I think you're not. No, we're actually at just a decade. I'm 27, 28. Oh, no way. 
Yeah. Wow, yeah. I turned okay, 29 cool. in August. Sweet. I'm getting so, ready to say that. All right, well, let's try to age you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I actually, I'm the, kind, I'm the kind of guy that appreciates that. <laughs> Good so, deal. When someone says I'm 30, I'm like, hey, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, regardless, you've, you've had more than enough time to live with this, to learn from it, to um, figure out how to integrate it into your life and kind of... I'm just curious, I guess, in general, if you could speak a little bit to what you've learned through going through it with regards to um, relationships and people in your life. And, you know, for those of us out there, those listeners out there who, you know, may know someone or maybe around someone currently, you know, trying to support someone with epilepsy, obviously, that's something that gets overlooked a lot is educating those who are around whoever has the disease or the problem or whatever it is. And um, I was wondering if you had any insights as to, uh, you know, what might be helpful for people to hear or learn, you know, how they can be of more support. Yeah. I'll start that by saying, um, you know, follow me, Jared A. Muscat, on Instagram or whatever and reach out. If you want to, I'm always here. Um, I will always be available. And uh, there are a bunch of other epilepsy warriors who would who would be there for you if, if you find them, you want them. Um, they're there. But... You know, one of the big things for me through it, the whole thing, was my relationship with my parents. Um, my mom getting diagnosed, or her son getting diagnosed, or healthy, straight A's, goody two-shoot yeah. that I was, getting diagnosed right before he starts college. It's pretty devastating. Yeah. And I am not yet a parent. I cannot understand that love that they have. I, there's no, I know they have it. There's a love that parents yeah. have for children that... Right. I look forward to learning, but, um, and so, you know, it was, it was very tough on her and it was very tough on my dad. It was very tough on us all. But the thing that I bring that up for is, is the thing that we learned from it as a team and it took time and we, it took teamwork and a lot of communication. Um, but we didn't have those around us to help any say, saying that stuff. Um, but what I say, if you aren't the one with epilepsy, Put the person with epilepsy on a warrior pedestal and not a pedestal of privilege. Right. Um, but regard them. Put, put them in, uh, see them as someone who's battling. Right. And they're battling with something that they don't control and that they got to think about. And they're, especially if it's a fresh diagnosis, they're working on figuring it out. And, and you telling them, may help in certain ways but figure out the right way to tell them based on who they are don't don't tell them directly figure out the right way it's going to be different for different people right but put it in your head that that person needs help and might not know how or what help to ask for right and right now the person they're concentrating on asking it for is most likely themselves yeah and not the help that anyone else could really provide it's just how for themselves and and find nice, easy ways to check in. You know, don't do something such as ask as any seizures lately. Um, or, or, Sorry, it or, seems so obviously. No, it sense. seems like it, but there's, you know, there's... I, people, it's uncomfortable for people. I'm it's uncomfortable, of, and it's something that you don't... And it's new territory. It's so, it's such a dark and, and, and unseeable disease that unless you see the seizure, it's... Right. And... Uh, the, you know all the different terms that we warrior weirdos have about him. They don't. Yeah. You know you all right. don't have. Um, yeah. And, and we're glad you don't. Yeah. 
Yeah, gives you your own community. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 our surf lingo. We got yeah. slang. <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Yeah, we got all the names for our. We got some good ones for all the medicine we take. I bet. <laughs> um, and so just put them in that place. And, and on the other side of it, research, 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 research. Mm. Learn your learn everything. Yeah. From as simple as what is the best way to take care of the person who just had the seizure or while the seizure is going on to let me look at other doctors in the area and see, let's find another second opinion real quick. And let me see all the tests that I can ask to be taken. Yeah. And, and, and the big part of that is just because it's a, it's not just a learning process for you. It's a learning process for everyone involved with epilepsy. Right. So you get it around, you'll help someone else if that person doesn't necessarily do anything different than the other doctor, but one more doctor learning something or seeing something, another example, is a very important thing, not just for the doctors, but for yours and anyone you love. One in 26 people have it. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's a remarkably common disease relative to the level of awareness and education around it. I mean, we kind of touched on this when we chatted the other week, which was that even myself having gone through EMT school and stuff like that, learning a little bit about it, I, I, that was all news to me, and that was just barely scratching the surface, barely. you know. And it's pretty remarkable what low level of general awareness and education there is in the general public, you know, because there really are some very simple things that are very teachable and very easily to remember for anybody. You know? Yeah, and and that's so that yeah, that's the other things. I I encourage anyone with epilepsy get something. It can be a bracelet. It can be I have a tattoo. Uh-huh. Um, it can be a necklace, whatever. But something so that if you're having a seizure in public, it's easy to see that you have epilepsy. And then in your right. wallet or maybe on your phone, whatever best, have something. I have epilepsy. Right. My insurance is this. These are the medicine I take. Absolutely. Oh, it can make and all just the make, difference in the world. Because that, yeah. that'll help you not get sent to the ER when you don't yeah. need to get sent to the ER. Absolutely. That'll help someone make it comfortable when you yeah. wake up from the seizure or get it closer yeah. to comfortable when you wake or up from the not, seizure. You know, to do something as simple as try and restrict your head and spine movements. Exactly. You know, and simply pad your head. Pad and make the sure head. You're not, you know, Clear the way. If you're chewing, you know, make sure there's a padding in your mouth, but not, you know, swallowable, you know, just something so you're not chewing your tongue off and... Basically, you just got to let someone go through the process, you know. Do you let, let them... Get a pillow, get a towel, get a yeah. shirt, get anything. One know? way I often try and explain it to people is the person's running a marathon right now. You actually use that many calories while you have a seizure. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. You, you, you ran a marathon. Right. And so... Full shock to the Yeah. Treat the person like they just ran a marathon uh-huh. on their back I like that. while it's going on. That's an easy way to, to make yeah. a simple metaphor for that. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. give them peace and let let it leave them. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, you've been a big proponent of uh, self-education. And I, it sounds like just from anecdotally from what you've shared with me in the past here, you know, that you've had great success with certain approaches. You know, can you speak to basically the importance of self-education and maybe even give some examples of just like ways that you have customized whatever you've learned to fit your lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, that, the, the badge thing, that was something that I learned from my own experience, but then looking back on it and, and figuring out what to do. 
Um, part of that was really studying the way that the Epilepsy Foundation pr- like provides the right way to take care of someone who's had a seizure, that little marathon idea. Um, and they have printouts. Get that printout. Give it to those that matter to you, whether that's in the workplace, which that's a great place to have it. I have it in Absolutely. the two offices I work in. Um, put it in your house. Give it to your loved ones that you go visit at random times of the year on holidays. Make sure that's something that provide it for those around you. If you give them the basic awareness and education, your education, they will feel more comfortable and they'll be able to approach it. Mm. Um, one of the big ones for me uh, was CBD. Yeah. Um, cannabinoid oil, which is still CBD. But um, I had been studying a little bit of it. It was getting pretty darn popular, I remember, back in like 2014 or so. Um, that was when Colorado had legalized everything marijuana. And there was a lot of articles about uh, families picking up and moving from any state in the U.S. to take... Um, to go to Colorado to get CBD for, for their for, for their children, right? For who had epilepsy, right. specifically. Wow! So um, there was a specific wave trend of population it, migration it was about just it. connected to the epileptic and yeah, and very soon thereafter, the Epilepsy Foundation was endorsing research. They weren't quite endorsing it, but they're endorsing right, right. a lot of research. Sure, they wanted to push for it. Um, so it was something that was in Which the back the of my head. thing to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. more research needed to be done. More re- it still needs to be done. Still frankly. needs to be done. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's awesome. And so it became something in the back of my head and something that, you know what, maybe you don't ha- like, yes, the medicines are perfect, but maybe you can add something that's more natural that my, mm-hmm. you know, earth loving and yeah. organic efforting self. And, um, <laughs> so I was thinking about it, and um, I also had, you know, I'd done research to learn that some, you know, light amount of marijuana smoking is helpful for limiting stress and helping sleep. Yeah. So I found um, it was easy to access CBD. Right. And after that bad Thanksgiving, I um, remember dedicating myself to let me learn how this works for me. They Uh are continuing to promote it. Um, this was, I think, 2015, and uh, the Epilepsy Foundation had actually fully backed it. Wow. They still said a lot more research needs to be done so we can sure. know the correct way. Yeah, they're not publicly endorsing, but they are supporting. They're supporting it, um, and they're to the point where now the doctors are saying, I recommend it highly. I can't tell you the correct dosages. We are sure. working on how to figure out perfect dosages. Wow. That's what they're... And so that became what I took specifically right before bed. Wow. And yeah. I went from being a really, really bad sleeper. I'm, I'm a morning person. Yeah. So 9.30 or so, that's always been my bedtime. 10 yeah. o'clock, sometimes the wife influences. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so I always wake up at, honestly, 5.30 or 6 at the latest. Wow. I don't even need that alarm. That's awesome. And so... And, and sleep is, I'm assuming, super critical sleep, for epilepsy. My triggers were sleep and stress, and right. really more so sleep. Sure. And uh, I would go to bed at 9.30 or whatever, maybe have to wake up at 2 a.m. randomly because of something going on in my head or have to run to the bathroom, and then could not fall back to sleep for the life of me. Right, right. So there was many nights... This is your solution. And so I tried it. I said, I need to find something. Like, marijuana just itself... 
I don't want any sleeping meds. And CBD became the way I slept. Yeah. And ever since, that's been, I, now, my wife is jealous of how good I sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure we all would be if we could really understand it. (laughs) I'm not saying I'm the best sleeper ever, but it's just like, I go to sleep and I wake up and I feel... Most of us are not getting the sleep we need. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel right. And, you know, going back to that epileptic opportunity thing. Yeah. Well, I I definitely need it. Yeah. So let me make sure to always keep it around. That's very cool. Um, it's neat that you've um, that you've confidently pursued that and had such a positive outcome from it. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a very fortunate thing, and, and I always the Epilepsy Foundation. I talk about it pretty often, and epilepsy team especially about do you always need me for a test, or is there? Right. I have I've written journals about it yeah, to myself. Guinea pig, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm here to help with it, and I yeah. just want I just want to, especially post surgery. There's a very deep desire to eliminate epilepsy for everyone else. I never, sure. I wanted the awareness, and the awareness was so that I was taken care of. Now that there's a, actually now they say 80% plus chance I'd never have a seizure again, I don't want anyone else to not, that I know who deals with it, to not have the feeling that I have right now. Yeah, yeah. I want them to feel the, the safety that I, I, I feel. Okay. And that's a, you know, that was part of today. I don't, remember a time where I was just you know that would going no going back to the beginning of the conversation where you asked me who I was before epilepsy I'm not the same 16 but I'm I feel a gigantic weight off of myself that I didn't completely recognize as a weight wow you know there's not a second brain on the back of my head when I'm gonna maybe get jet lag and not sleep well of all right find an extra time to sleep and make sure otherwise you know this would maybe be a time for a seizure and it wasn't you had normalized that and become accustomed to it become accustomed to it it was part of how I had to live again it never dominated me but I always listened to making sure as best I could I wouldn't have a seizure yeah I mean it's what we're wired to do what we're wired to do pay attention to things meant to move on and maintain functional efficiency yeah keep surviving keep surviving one of the toughest battles while i was waiting brain surgery was what's it gonna be like when i don't have to worry about a seizure anymore <laughs> what is it like and that's what that's i i, I mean you're i you're as close as you've ever been now i've been four months seizure free and complete seizure nothing small of any sort nothing at all and i don't remember exactly how four months felt like this and it makes me feel a little bit like that grom yeah. it puts in you know we were talking about it in the lineup where it put it's a great perspective refresher yeah cleans that filter out just right so yeah there's that freedom yeah and, and then even today one of the funny ones was that i was just sitting there and i could i could not lose a smile today yeah. <laughs> having surfed now and having knowing those feelings and still develop them could not surf today and I'm sitting at my desk at about 4pm and I'm thinking I'm looking at what I had left to do for this day and what I have to do the next day and then I stop and I see the the buoy bookmark on my uh, on my browser and I say oh I haven't looked I have to look at that today. I have to look at that tonight. Like, I gotta figure out where I'm gonna surf what tomorrow surf too. Oh, yeah. And they like the stoke jumped oh, twenty five so cool. times higher. I, you know, I got <laughs> so into cool. such a routine. Of, oh man! Like, 
wake up, I do my yoga, make yeah. my smoothies, and now it's like, oh, yeah. Well, it was, I can certainly say that it was infectious, and uh, it, it definitely, you know, I, I picked up on your, your vibe right away, and it was everything I was expecting and, and more so from you, you know, and, and even we, we went out to, like, what became a very crowded lineup, and I normally would be, whatever, a little bit more bothered, you know, in general, <laughs> but it was like, I was just stoked because I was like, oh, he got another wave, oh, he got another, oh, he got a barrel. <laughs> Oh, that's just so cool. It's like, like, yeah, okay, I'll catch you in. You know, it's like, I haven't had a session like that ages where, like, all I was thinking about was just, like, how how good it was going for someone else. Right? You know? yeah. yeah. It was so cool. And, and that was the, that solid remember. Remember, we had that little, like, let's not help you fall. Let's help you yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got it right where it should be caught. I we were like, joking about I like how, that shoulder. how funny it is that, and how common it is with surfers that, slash normalized that you'd be looking at someone else on a wave and just going eat shit eat shit eat shit, eat shit you know <laughs> hoping that you get the you know benefit of their loss and it's like where, where else in life is that like at all cool or kosher you know not no, chill no. <laughs> no, but, find their stuff I'm probably gonna keep doing it <laughs> yeah that's classic well to kind of wrap up, uh, you know, our, our resource contribution here, uh, if people would like to learn more about epilepsy, whether it's, um, you know, about the medical components of it, or it's about how to be a support, or how to find support, or any of that thing, what are some good places people can look to, some good resources? Um, the Epilepsy Foundation has a great website. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure it's epilepsyfoundation.com. We'll, awesome. put, we'll put a link out there. Yeah, I'll, I'll link all this in my show notes. Um, the Epilepsy Foundation has a great website in every degree of epilepsy. They have the how to handle a seizure. There are upwards of 15 or so different types of seizures. They have them all defined right. and organized the different causes. That was where I learned that focal cortical would, right. would bring me surgery. Yeah. So that's a great place to so get. So there's a great self-education. Great education available. there. They have yeah. videos. And obviously um, people you can reach out to as well. You yeah, and they, they have a great national team that you can call for support, but they also have chapters in, all, in most major cities in the U.S. Uh, so try and find the one close to you. That's what I was right. fortunate enough to do. I called the Epilepsy Foundation in general. I had not heard about end epilepsy. That linked me into end epilepsy, right. and then that—that that is a team of people that I have talked to monthly and weekly for the last three years. Awesome. Um, the my actually my doctor, my neurologist, Doctor Antonio Escueda. Big shout out to that man, um, and Doctor Itzak Fried, who is the one who pulled part of my brain out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, yeah, thanks for doing that. That made me better. Uh, and uh, my doctor, Antonio Escreta, his wife is on the board of the oh, local wow. end epilepsy foundation. What a cool coincidence. Yeah, and yeah. she was the one that helped push me forward to make sure he, he took care of me. We had awesome. a fun conversation where he said, um, you know what, I looked at your charts and there's concussions, and I, I wasn't sure there was much I'd be able to do other than give you meds, but then... Susan told me about you, so I figured I got to do it. Listen to the old lady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he, you know, he was excited about the case. It helped them. So you know. Um, but yeah, reach out, reach out to the local foundation. Yeah. And the other thing I would say is, um, try try a couple doctors. Mm-hmm. 
make sure to try a couple doctors. Yeah. Um, just so that while you're there, you might meet someone to talk to sure. about it too. In general, be proactive with your outreach. Proactive with some outreach. Yeah. And, and I'm and, sure that that's easier said than done in terms of wherever you're coming from in your own life, depending on your network of support. It's but much easier said than done. only going to wield more positive results. I, like. My emphasis is there's ears. Right. There are people who have felt similar things. Yeah. And, and other people, I'm sure, want to connect equally yeah. so. Yeah. I, you're not alone. But yeah, you're not alone at all. Yeah. The people... That I probably Instagram direct message most with <laughs> yeah. are the warrior people that I've yeah, hell built yeah. into my life. You guys are definitely all warriors. Yeah. So yeah. if I didn't respond to someone's, that's... Hey, I had to pay attention to another. <laughs> <laughs> but, right on. Well, yeah. what's next? Um, next up... New chapter. New chapter. Um, I... We're going to go to Baja this summer and surf a lot. Hell yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> gonna, I'm going to do a lot of paddling. There's this one. Tim and I have this one really fun route. Um, that's a good goal, 22-mile route that we're excited to get into a couple times. Um, and actually, uh, we're going to do the Molokai Challenge cool. next year. So we yeah. got a nice training regimen set that's up for that. For sure. Yeah. Um, we got that. And just... Uh, Honestly, all that feels what's next. What's next is the next day, and actually, really, just the next moment. It's never been um, easier to put that perspective that that the happiness of of what you can provide and what's provided to you is really the flow of how how you can go. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I you know, I've gone to work. I've had a rough day at work, and while that day was going on, I just remembered. Remember my wife. I remembered surfing was soon. I remember my brain. Yeah has a little hole that helps it out and it, it it it's something like that and i just i my main idea i want to make sure i can and keep this freshness yeah and uh that's a pretty good list yeah get in the ocean every day that's a that's the last Absolutely. one i'm not gonna well and that's and that you had the perfect response which initially was just you know not thinking about the future and not what's yeah. next, but just appreciating this moment and, and what you got it. and this hole in my brain and yeah. all these things, you know. That's so cool. I every, dig it. Every day that goes by without a seizure feels... It's not even like I've made an advancement in it. It just feels... It yeah. helps push it so yeah. much further. It's awesome. I got a couple signature questions I've been working on with, with each guest. Okay. And, um, the first one is, what is your earliest memory of water? Mm. Uh, and that can be in any form. Earliest memory of water. It's a good one. It's kind of. A, I have a nice story tale one, but I'll go like, with the it's actual one. It's potentially a good one. I'm still deciding whether yeah. to maintain it, to be honest. Because nah. half the time people are just like, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I remember like, it pretty explicitly. My mom. So my part of the reason I got into surfing was because my mom grew up in Orange County during the like hot era when surfing started to become professional yeah and she was in the middle of it she surfed okay. she you know she's part of that community and so she was always while we were living in red island and going out to california in the summer she's always okay. giving me these stories of the ocean all the time and yeah i i'd done so it was already active in your imagination it was in the imagination yeah. and I'd, I'd already done swim teams and done that and that was i always liked it i actually liked it um unlike most yeah, kids who aren't, that, who aren't that fast even I was like actually liked yeah, it, yeah I actually liked it and 
we were out there the El Nino summer, 97, it was 97, and um, I remember just I, growing vividly in love with watching the surfing, and there, it was the last day that we were there, and this is the one day that I very specifically remember, and I'm on the shore, I'm playing in the shore, the water's so warm, you clear as day, you can see down and see the sand move. And I was doing my version of body surfing, whatever that may have been. And um, all of a sudden, I see a board coming towards me. Slowly. I, at yeah. least in my head, it was moving. I, and um, I go and I get it. Just excited to see a surfboard. <laughs> my board. And then I see a guy swimming in, and he raises his hand with a shaka. And I start bringing it out to him. My mom's on the shoreline, too, watching me. I, I was seven. Yeah. Wow. I was eight. Eight. Swimming a surfboard yeah. out in the water—that's pretty impressive for an eight-year-old. <laughs> I started taking. I like swim team. Yeah, I, yeah. I told you I like this. <laughs> Actually, yeah. and, and I bring the board to the dude, and the dude—I remember—he points to me, points to the board, says, "You want it?" And I said, "Yeah." Then he looks at my mom, and he points to me, points to the this board cool. again, and she gave it, and. I, I mean, he didn't take me too far out in lineup. We were probably on the inside, and I very, very explicitly remember the push into that wave. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and I, it was probably just whitewater, but I just remember but the, whoa, like, this is what those guys are doing. And, <laughs> I got to get in Yeah, this. you know, the water's so clear. I'm seeing the little canyon stuff fun, and... <laughs> I just remember right then and there being, yeah, that's, that's I like so that. Awesome. And, that's and, so cool. and I started begging my mom right from there on. I said, I want to surf, mom. I want to surf, mom. We live in Rhode Island. There's not a good wave. We'll surf in the summer. We got the bug. Yeah. Only we takes moved, one. We moved to California a summer later. That was, wow. That's so that. cool. That's like a pretty quintessential yeah. uh, early surf and ocean memory. I, I mean, yeah, and I, like, sometimes when I think of it, I feel like I almost remember the board, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Am I making this whole board part? Yeah. Constructive memory. My mom, my mom, she talks about it all the time, too. That's awesome. Well, what's one thing that, uh, you know, in your now lifetime of, of being in water, various forms, and certainly in the ocean most of your life, what's one thing that you've learned from your relationship to water that has enabled you to better surf the waves of life? Uh, I like that one too. <laughs> um, the uh, there's not one accomplishment that's worth settling on, or one failure that's worth living with you. Mm. Right? I have gotten. I can't remember how many times I got the new best barrel of my life. Right. Or best Mavericks wave of my life. Or nose. Like. Any little step along the way is just part of the game. Any test that is hard or any day at work that sucks and you like that's just that's just part of it. Keep moving. Right. You got it. That's a you, great one. You studied and you prepared. Yeah. So what? and just kind of remaining open for uh for the next moment. You yeah. Know, whatever it brings. Yeah. Yeah. Not getting too attached to Not getting too attached. Yeah. And 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 noticing the certain importance of all of it. Right. Right. That's a killer one. That's a great takeaway. Love that. Oh yeah. And it's your mother. And it's your mama. <laughs> it's your mother. Be good to your mama. My mommy calls <laughs> the ocean my mother to give her full guts. Yeah. That's a mama power right oh, there. Oh yeah. 
Major maternal. Yeah. 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 Taking care of us all. Just got to keep taking care of her. Doing a little better, hopefully. <laughs> Working on it. Can all do better in that area. Let's let's take care of her. Well, dude, that was awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. It and, is. Uh, super stoked we got to link up. It was an uh, honor. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to our total this uh, winter. Yeah, absolutely. And some Baja adventures. Yeah. All right, everybody, that's going to do it for our show today. If you enjoyed what you heard in your time with us, please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes. You can find our episodes there or on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. On that note, I wanted to give a special thanks and shout out to those of you who have been leaving your reviews on iTunes or sending me direct messages. I really love hearing from you guys and just how and where you're enjoying the show, what you're up to, all that good stuff. It keeps me inspired and motivated to keep creating. So thank you and uh, keep them all coming. If you were turned on by anything in today's episode, please take the time to tell a friend or a loved one about the show. It's listener recommendations and support from people like you that make this show possible. If you're interested in any of the guests or topics covered in the episodes, you can find further information about them in the show notes section on iTunes or in the blog posts on our website. Lastly, if you have any thoughts, questions, or feedback, any ideas for future guests or topics, you can reach out to me directly on our website at www.offshoreinsightspod.com. That's Offshore Insights, followed by the letters P-O-D.com. And with that, I'm going to leave you with a song today by an awesome band called Crumbin, titled People Everywhere. Until next time, be well, enjoy the ride and keep in touch.
Thank you.